Hi, and welcome to Making Her Story with Zaya Cagle, a podcast where we delve further into the lives of women who have changed the world. We strive to show the impact women have on the world and bring awareness to the fact that we too can rewrite the rules, stir the pot, and bring about everlasting change. Today we are interviewing Jane Addams, winner of the 1931 Nobel Peace Prize. She is known as a pioneer of social work, a feminist, and an advocate for economic and political cooperation amongst nations. Fervent, tenacious, and the epitome of girl with a cause, Jane Addams took the world by storm. Now to the interview. Welcome to Making Her Story. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I have heard a lot about your work, and I personally know what drives me to be an active part of my community. What do you think drove you to be an activist? Well, growing up in a Christian home, I've always been raised to question the good of man. I I was aware of the privilege I was born into. My father was a wealthy, powerful man. Yet, I, I see that privilege is something that wasn't a corrupting force in my family but instead a platform for me. Having this privilege drove me to give those without a voice a chance to be heard. I I think my heightened awareness of the world allowed me to, at a very young age, know my social duty. What did you believe was your social duty? I always knew that I wanted to help others, so I naturally drifted towards the field of medicine. But you eventually ended up in the field of social work? Well, due to my health problems, obtaining a medical degree was difficult. Your health problems? Uh, I had a congenital spinal defect. I was hospitalized in the middle of my studies and had to undergo surgery. I thought that it may be a sign that I was called to do something else. And that was social work? I mean, one day sticks out in my mind as to when I realized I was called to be a social worker. I was in London with my friend Ellen, Ellen Gate Star, and we visited a settlement house in the east called Toneby Hall. Since my father was a mill owner, I was very aware of what problems industrial workers had to face. I saw the services that were given to the poor industrial workers in London and vowed to bring something similar to the United States. What did you see in London that you wanted to replicate? Well, first of all, I saw the Toneby Hall and knew that I wanted a place that was similar. I knew that Chicago, Illinois was a working-class immigrant district, so I sought to find an appropriate building in the area. I ended up finding a large vacant building built by Charles Hall, so I named it the Hall House. What services were offered there? I wanted to offer services that not only help the workers survive, but also thrive. We chose to include some basic necessities, such as a community kitchen, residency, and an employment bureau. We also chose to include a nursery, gymnasium, art gallery, swimming pool, labor museum, and a boarding club for working girls. In addition, I felt it was important that education would be provided to these workers. We offered college-level courses in various subjects in training in arts, music, and crafts, like bookbinding. We also sponsored one of the first-ever little theater groups. 
the whole house players. Also, young aspiring social workers would be able to receive training. Who are some of the aspiring social workers you fostered? To name some, Florence Kelly, Julia Lathrop, Sophonisba Breckenridge, Alice Hamilton, and Grace and Edith Abbott. Why specifically did these young women stick out to you? Well, all these young women had a drive similar to mine and accomplished quite a lot. Florence, she fought to end child labor, get a minimum wage, and limit the workday to eight hours only. Julia ended up being director of the United States Children's Bureau. Alice, she sought to change health practices regarding occupational injuries and illnesses. Grafes and Sofonisba were professors at the University of Chicago, providing training in social work. Lastly, Alice became the dean of the University of Chicago's School of Social Work Administration. These young women have achieved so much. They have been the hands that reach the people I cannot manage to reach. Yes, the University of Chicago School of Social Work Administration. I heard that you helped found this school. What drove you to get an education to those interested in social work? Well, I wanted to gain support for a woman-led occupation. Men tended to hold the more important jobs, and I wanted to change that. So would you call yourself a feminist? Someone that fights for women's rights? Perhaps. I definitely believe that women aren't giving the credit they deserve. Their power is greatly underestimated. Old-fashioned ways which no longer apply to the change conditions are a snare in which the feet of women have always become readily entangled. The world is changing, so we should change our way of thinking. Then founding the school, what else did you do to give women more power? I really thought women should have the right to vote. Furthermore, I believed women to be a good group of people to promote peace rather than violence. I wanted women in Congress. Do you believe that violence is not the right way to settle disputes? No, violence is never the answer. I believe that very strongly, perhaps to my demise. Your demise? I think that view is spectacular. Well, I believe that the United States should not get involved with World War I. The people did not appreciate this. My reputation was tarnished, the press spoke of me very poorly, and I did not have as much of a platform as I used to. Yet, you held that view anyways. I believe that peace is incredibly important to the survival of humanity. Why would I change my view? Just to please others who impulsively turn to the easier route of violence? You're very right. I mean, although you sort of lost your platform, you were recognized as a leader in peace. You were the first woman to receive the Nobel Peace Prize. What an honor. I mean, I feel like my platform was not totally lost. I was part of a bigger picture now. I ended up the president of the International Woman of Congress, giving power to women internationally, creating disciples, starting an uproar in countries other than the United States. The women I mentioned earlier, like Florence Kelly and Julia Lathrop, they continued my work in the United States, where I wasn't necessarily supported. My platform was indirectly in the United States in a way. Wow, and to think originally you were going into the field of medicine. 
Life can lead you to places you never expect. I wasn't needed in the field of medicine. I was needed in the field of social work. That's where I ended up. I realized that it's good to have a plan, but sometimes you need to draw your path in chalk. Realize that life could easily bring you somewhere unexpected, depending on the need. Wow, life has really shaped you into a remarkable woman. Why, thank you. It's been a pleasure interviewing you for my podcast. It's been delightful. Well, that's all we have for this podcast. Jane Addams, the mother of social work, a pilgrim of peace, a feminist hero, making waves in various worldly aspects, a remarkable woman who sure is making her story. This is Zaya Cagle. Listen in for the next episode of Making Her Story.